Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Thursday, September 1st, 2022. This episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data, in order to make one pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model, or I like or don't like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money once I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling. So what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Wednesday's plays, again, profitable. A plays doing really well. B plays down slightly. Um, they've still been pretty profitable for the last six-ish weeks or so, right behind A plays in the ROI. So again, I still think those B plays are, are, are worth looking into. Uh, this week, I think they're, you know, kind of hovering around break even. This week, the A plays are carrying us, but it's still been more good times. Uh, and those B picks are solid investments because uh, there's been a couple times when the A plays haven't done as well and the B plays have. So um, just a lot of a lot of great picks here. It's been fantastic. Uh, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> we kinda, I kind of keep coming back to it every few days. Just, it's been a great run. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I always come in and say that baseball I feel like my, is my strong suit and, and I love it. And I'm just glad the picks are working out really well uh, as of late. A little bit of a unique episode here today. Just finished recording and uploading for uh, your Thursday episode three of our college football week one content. Uh, I think I burned cousin Jared out uh, with all of the college football stuff we did. So, so he's not here with us today. He usually comes on on Thursdays. And so with a shorter slate and being up late anyway, I just wanted to knock out the Thursday games and give you this recording a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, so if you're up late, if you're on the West coast, uh, you can listen to this and get your picks in overnight. If not, whenever you're up on Thursday, this will be ready for you. Uh, hopefully the lines won't have moved too much. Um, usually there is some movement sometime around when I record usually. So if, if you're catching this earlier than usual, it'll be before the movement. If later in the day that it, it, things might've moved. And again, I always talk about, you never really know where it's going to go, but a little bit of a different episode today. I, I want to be able to talk about totals today. I bring in weather data on that. And the weather data this far out is just not really as predictive as it is in the morning. So what I'll do in the morning when I get up and try to sleep in a little bit, but at some point in the morning when I get up, I will import the weather data in and the totals will populate. I'll put those in the sheet, update that as well. I'll update my win probabilities if there are any changes based off of roster movements or things that have happened here late in the Wednesday games uh, that would change anything. It probably won't be by much, but if there is any adjustment, you'll see that as well. And I'll tweet it about that. Otherwise, I'll just add those total numbers. And so we'll talk about what the book totals are, but I won't be able to tell you what the model totals are here today. But uh, again, sometime during the day Thursday, those will be up and you can check those out in the Google Sheets. But before we get to the games, reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you're on yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free and the only way and so we can get your notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I just talked about it. we got three college football episodes. Uh, lots of great content there. One of them, we brought Jake on for some picks. Cousin Jared, uh, my college football guru, very knowledgeable guy. I'll, I'll put these up uh, right here. 
Uh, so if you haven't seen those yet, you can watch those. You got some time here. Uh, but here Thursday night, we got first set of games kicking off. All of those are covered in either episode one or two. Uh, we do talk about some of the Friday games there in episode three. Uh, so if you haven't hit those up yet, got lots of time still, uh, but make sure you're checking those out along with these baseball plays. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment from YouTube. All of those. I try to respond to as many as I can. We've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. For those of you who like to bet on horses, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There's an angle they don't know or bias. They can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows. The website, the links are in the description. We're going to start off September with a day game here. Mariners at the Tigers. And uh, we have backed the Mariners a lot. And I think this is my most confident pick against the Mariners probably since like May, <laughs> sometime around Memorial Day. Uh, I love this Mariners team. We have backed in a lot, and they have been really good to us. I don't really think it's an advantageous spot here starting off the month of September, though. I think the price is just too high. And like we always talk about here, you can't just say good teams are good. I'm going to back them. Bad teams are bad. I'm going to fade them. Uh, we always have to consider the price as well. And I just think a price around minus 160, even minus 150s, it's just way too high on the Mariners. The model says this game should be Mariners minus 134. Both of these pitchers are pretty solid. Logan Gilbert, I give a slight edge to over Eduardo Rodriguez, but it's not by that much. When you look at their ERAs this season, they're pretty comparable. Both of them have underlying metrics that are a little bit worse than what their ERAs are. Uh, obviously, Rodriguez not having pitched as much as Gilbert this year. Again, I think Gilbert's a better pitcher, but I don't think it's by that much. The Mariners' relievers are fantastic, but the Tigers' relievers are not bad themselves. Um, and, and, and the biggest thing to talk about the Mariners against lefties, their offense is more average. And, of course, without when I had that search with Julio Rodriguez, they were they were uh, below average. But, of course, with him back now, they're, they're, they're average against the lefty, uh, but they're, they're real – uh, strength comes against a righty because other than Rodriguez, so many of their big hitters are lefty. They got, they got him, they got uh, Suarez. They just don't have many righties, though. Most of their good hitters are lefties or switch hitters. And so they project to be stronger against righties when it's a lefty is not their strength. Uh, Tigers offense, a little more lefty and heavy, uh, projects to be a little bit better against righties. So, I mean, the, the gap in the offenses is smaller than usual. It's still there. The Mariners offense is still better than the Tigers offense, but the gap isn't that big. Games in Detroit, getaway day, weird things happen. Total in this game, seven and a half. The odds makers expecting not a lot of runs. That makes this run line play extremely appealing, especially at odds as low as minus 125 to get the Tigers plus 125, a uh, uh, plus one and a half there. It's a big great play for me. I think the Tigers got a shot to win this game. Again, model gives them about a 43% chance of winning. So you combine that 43% chance of winning plus the probability they lose by a run. I think minus 125, again, a profitable investment here on the Tigers. And if you want to sprinkle a little bit on the money line, that's okay. But again, a low-scoring game. Mariners bullpen really good. Uh, I, I like it in the, the plus one and a half. You know, game probably sh probably too, too late. Three, three late, three, two late. And then we just don't have to really care. Just hold on that one run game. Doesn't really matter who wins and we are victorious. So I like the Tigers here to start us off on the run line at minus 125. Be great play for me in Detroit. 210 Eastern will have the Royals and the White Sox. White Sox getting it done on the run line by the hair of their chinny chin chin. Did everything they could to only win that game by a run. Won it by two. Thankfully, uh, Lance Lynn, a good start. Uh, 
I don't want to say I told you so, but I think it just kind of goes back and just as a reminder, like the model's not going to be right all the time. It's going to miss things. Absolutely. But more times than not, when we talk about these underlying metrics for a picture being positive or negative, that tends to be the way things play out. And I, 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 I still struggled with land, but like I said, I just had to trust the model and say, the underlying metrics were there for Len to be successful. And if he was going to be successful, it was going to be against the Royals. Sure enough, he had a fantastic outing. Uh, Johnny Quaid is the opposite story. A 298 ERA, but the underlying metrics say his ERA should be in the low four. She projects to just be average. As bad as Lynn has been, Lynn projects better than Quaido. And I know you look at the ERAs and you're like, that's insane. But again, remember that ERA is a good predictor of what did happen, not a good predictor of what's going to happen. Of course, you got the wordplay there. You're not really trying to predict what did happen. You know exactly what happened. And ERA does a decent job of capturing that, but it doesn't really capture what we think is the best value, the best information going forward. And so I just don't think Cueto is that good. I think the White Sox should be favored here because a bullpen game for, for the Royals, which is what the model is treating it as, they're going to give Daniel Megden the start, but the model is not optimistic on him providing anything worth value, worth plugging in. It just says it's basically like a bullpen game. It's like a reliever. A lot of relievers in this game, and for the Royals, that usually spells disaster. So the White Sox should be favored in this game. Um, they're at home. Their offense is better, but... I'm nervous about the White Sox for the White Sox on this one at these prices. I mean, minus 215 is just way too high. It's Royals or pass. I think the Royals may be worth a flyer here at these massive plus odds and getaway day makes weirder things happen. If Cueto, again, if Cueto is going to be able to out continue to outperform his metrics, the Royals are the type of team to do that against. Um, the problem is, the White Sox against the righty and the Royals against the righty, their offenses aren't that much different. I mean, really the only strength is the fact that you don't know what you're going to get from the Royals with regards to their pitching, and it's probably not going to be very good. But the White Sox pitching is probably not going to be that much better. I mean, the White Sox should be favored here. Just, again, just not by this much. Model says minus 195, but that even seems high to me. I, I wouldn't love backing the White Sox in this spot at minus 195 personally. I still think that's too high. Again, Cueto's probably just average. This offense against like righties slightly below average. His relievers average, maybe a little better. But I mean, uh, the Royals aren't good, but the Royals win some games occasionally. And I, like I said, even 195 seems high. I'll take a fly on the Royals plus 196. It's only a C grade pick. If it starts with a two, I think it's worth a B grade invest. I think I think the Royals are worth a look. It's like I said, it's Royals are passing. It's worth a look. Half unit something. They might pull it off. They might not. But again, with these type of odds, you don't need them to pull it off. 40% of the time to be profitable. Model says 34% of the time. If this one's 35% of the time, 36% of the time, it's a pretty profitable play. So I think the Royals, where they'll look here at these massive plus odds, again, a bullpen game not looking great, but it's not like the White Sox really offer you a lot to be confident in either. Total in this game is nine. And again, as a reminder, I'll update the model sheet with totals from the model tomorrow or today if you're watching it today, later in the day. Depends on when you're watching this. Uh, 405 Eastern first pitch A's at the Nats. I, I, my analysis for Wednesday's A's Nats game was no. My analysis for Thursday's A's Nats game is also no. Uh, I did add a pick on Twitter on the sheet. I had this C grade pick on the Nats and the Nats won that one. As it got down to minus 103, I was like, there's probably enough value to be worthy of an investment. I think the model said like minus 107 for the Nats. So minus 103 on the Nats offered a little, you know, like a 1% edge, you know, again, worth a flyer. It worked out for us. Today's 
game here, the model says exactly a coin toss. So with both teams being minus odds, it doesn't offer any value. I'm not making a pick on it right now. And I may not. Again, this is terrible baseball. I'm only making a pick on this one if we end up getting some value. Otherwise, I just want to ignore it completely. There are other games to watch in this time slot. There's one other one that starts at this time. There's the one before it. There'll be When this one is wrapping up, there'll be a, the Guardians game getting going like we could ignore this one unless the odds move and there's some value that presents itself. Uh, it, it's just, it's, it's not good baseball. <laughs> there's not really a lot of great analysis on it. I will point out Paulo Espino, 435 ERA on the season. Underlying metrics say it should be a little bit worse. The model doesn't like him at all. I don't think he's as bad as the model indicates. Um, I, I'm not quite as down on him as, as the model is. I don't think he's good, but the model gives him a rating of full standard deviation below average. I don't think it's that bad. I'd say more like a half standard deviation below average is, what my perception of him is. So I'm a little bit higher on him in the model, but he's still not a good pitcher. Um, the benefit for the Nats in this game is that facing a lefty in Ken Waltachuk, uh, the Nats offense against a lefty actually brings them up to about the same level as the A's. The differences between these two teams that the Nats offense is a little bit worse, but the relievers a little bit better. But against a lefty, that offensive discrepancy kind of goes away. And the only advantage the, um, the, the advantage that the A's had now kind of disappears. Their advantage in this game would be more in the starting pitchers. The model thinks that Waldachuk is at least around average. Um, it projects to be just kind of run of the mill. We'll see. If you could get plus odds in the Nats, I'd definitely take it at home. I don't know what we're going to see on this one. I'll update tomorrow if it's worth it. If not, y'all just ignore this game. And let's move on with life. <laughs> and a game that has a total of eight. Um, we'll see if there's any value there or not tomorrow. I don't know. It doesn't excite me either way. Uh, 14 Eastern first pitch. This is the one that should excite you. Dodgers Mets first two games of the series have been fantastic one run games and a lot of fun. I, I expect more of the same here today. in this one, Clayton Kershaw versus Chris Bassett. You have the same issue for the Mets, not projecting as well against a left-handed pitcher. And of course that's what Kershaw is. And so the Mets against a righty, um, and the Dodgers against the lefty. Now offenses are probably pretty close to even, uh, but in this game, the Dodgers are going to have a pretty big offensive advantage given the fact that they're going up against a righty and the Mets have to face a lefty. Uh, of course, relievers are going to probably be out of wash. Uh, Kershaw's probably a better pitcher than Bassett. The Dodgers are favored. They should be favored, absolutely, but we're back to, I think, the Dodgers are overpriced. Took the Dodgers here uh, yesterday and got the winner on the run line, making it a Clean sweep, 7-0 for the month of August, backing the Dodgers, six of those on the money line, and, and then one on that run line. Um, I just think they're overpriced to get here today. The model thinks Kershaw is pretty good. Obviously, we'd, we'd all agree with that. 264 ERA on the season, underlying metrics a little bit worse, but not by much. Uh, but Bassett's a good pitcher as well, 334 ERA. Um, underlying metrics also a little bit worse, just like Kershaw, but not by much. I mean, Kershaw's a better starting pitcher, but it's not by much. Um, so, I mean, a slight edge there for the Dodgers. That's easily wiped out by the home foot advantage. The only big edge the Dodgers have here is again, offensively. I think they're, they're better against the righty than the Mets are against the lefty, but that computes to Dodgers minus minus one seventeen according to the model. As I've been talking about here in the last, you know, couple of weeks now, the Dodgers, if you just blind back them, you are probably be losing money because they've lost a handful of time. They've been, you would have won more games than you lost, but I'm not sure you'd be up any money. Maybe if you played them on the run line at the right spots, but they've won a couple of games by one as well. So that wouldn't even been profitable overall too. So uh, just again, more of what we expected. There was that magical run where the Dodgers couldn't lose. But for the most part, again, when you have a team that's priced crazy high, it's 
hard to be profitable, not impossible, but hard over any stretch of, stretch of, of time. I think it's the same thing today. I think the Dodgers are overpriced. It's Mets or pass. Model says 117. Mets plus 126. Offer some value if you want to take a flyer on the Mets, but they all have been one-run games, and I'm going to bank on the same thing happening and go back to the run line here at minus 135. It's a B-grade play, not low enough odds to get to an A-grade like the Dodgers run line was uh, here yesterday. I, I, I think one-run game, I just, I'd just give the Dodgers an edge, so I don't want to go money line here. If I really thought the Mets had a better than 50-50 chance, I'd say let's take let's take a – or even 50-50. I'd say those plus odds are too good to pass up, maybe even really close to 50-50. But the model still thinks the Dodgers win this game 54% of the time. And so knowing the Mets have a uh, about a 46% chance of winning plus all the one-run possibilities, I think minus 135 is a great investment on the Mets. Total of 7.5. Game should be low scoring just like yesterday's was. I don't know who wins. Someone probably wins 3-2, 2-1, something like that. Um, and then we don't have to care who wins. We got us an afternoon winner there on that run line. One run game doesn't matter who wins. Like I said, I think Mets plus one and a half makes a lot of sense there. My 1A play here so far for you on this Thursday, 16 Eastern. First pitch, Orioles with the Guardians. I'm on the Guardians at minus 173. It's one I definitely debated taking the run line on. In general, for the most part, the trend has been this is where you want to just lay the odds um, and take the money line because these types of money line favorites have won a lot of one-run games. It's been the really big favorites that you've wanted to go more run line. I don't know if that'll hold true. In general, I tend to think, I think I put this in a comment, I tend to think that's mostly overblown. It's mostly some small sample size aberration. Although looking back at the data, I'm, it might actually be real. And so my thought is either A, it's not real, and it doesn't really matter to when we take in the long run, it's going to balance out because the odds are pretty comparable. Or B, there's something here, and so I'm going to follow it. So it's either going to help us or it's not going to hurt us. We might as well. But this is the type of setup that Moneyline makes more sense. It is some steep odds, but I think it's worth it here. Uh, Guardians let us down last night, uh, but tonight a massive pitching edge in their favor with Shane Bieber versus Kyle Bradish. Uh, Bieber with a 302 ERA. Underline metrics say should actually be better than that. Again, a guy who's solidly in that second tier of really, really good starting pitching right behind that top tier of the guys like Scherzer and Verlander. Uh, Otani, you know, those guys, he's right behind them in that second tier or third tier, I guess, if, if you know, tier one's DeGrom, right? <laughs> Full stop. And then tier two's all those guys. And then tier three has the guys like Bieber, an amazing pitcher. Kyle Bradish, slightly below average, 563 right now. A guy I've talked about is not that bad. Uh, great start for him last time out against the Astros. Uh, don't expect him to continue to do that because he's still around an average pitcher. Underline metrics say it should be in the mid to low fours. Again, that ERA is a little deceptive, but he's still not good. He's just not terrible. Um, average pitcher here for the Orioles versus Shane Bieber. I mean, massive edge to the Guardians at home with a better offense. And as good as the Orioles relievers have been, I still will take the Guardians relievers every day of the week. Guardians have an edge everywhere you turn on this one. So I think they're the side. It's steep odds, but I think it's worth it. Model says 208. It's the biggest edge on the board today. I don't think you can pass up the Guardians here. If you want to sprinkle some run line, that seems fine to me. Around even money is probably a solid play. Um, not having to lay too much juice there, but a great play is on the money line. Is my official investment and official recommendation. Low scoring game expected. Total of seven and a half. Orioles tend to play in lower scoring games, so that way if the Guardians win by one, we don't have to sweat it out. We just got to get them to win. We don't have to care how much they win by. I think it's the smarter investment. 17 Eastern first pitch Rangers at the Red Sox. Glenn Otto versus Rich Hill. 
coming into the season, if you had this pitching matchup and you said one pitcher was bad and one was average, I would have had him flipped. I would have been a little more optimistic on Otto. Not that I necessarily thought he would be great, but I thought he had a better chance at being closer to average, but he is not a full standard deviation below average. 479 ERA in the underlying metrics say it should actually be worse than that. Rich Hill, against all odds, continuing to pitch solid. I mean, not great, not giving you a lot of depth, but reasonably decent. 432 ERA on the season, and at his age, I think that's as good as we could any we could have hoped for. Underlying metrics say it should actually be in the low fours. I mean, Hill's nothing special, nothing to write home about, but at least kind of a run-of-the-mill average pitcher, which I guess for his age is incredible. So, I mean, Red Sox have an edge there with starting pitcher. They have an edge with the relievers. Their relievers are decent. Rangers relievers, not. And offensively, the Red Sox are better overall. Uh, and again, we talked about this Rangers team just so left-handed and switch hitter heavy does not project well against the left. You saw it two nights ago against Framber Valdez. Uh, two solo home runs was all they could muster. Other than that, they had a couple guys on every once in a while, but otherwise Fromber had his way with them with eight innings of solid baseball. I don't think Rich Hill's going to give us eight innings by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that the Rangers offense is the type that can hit around a mediocre pitcher, but I'm not sure they're going to hit around a mediocre lefty. I think they're going to have a better chance of hitting around a mediocre righty. You never really know with these things, right? You can never predict. There's a lot of variability. Of course, anything can happen in baseball, blah, blah, blah. Every cliche in the book, right? Insert it here. But in general, I just don't like this Rangers offense against a lefty. The model's factoring that in. and says the Red Sox have some value here, even at minus 158. Kind of crazy to think that we're laying 158 with Rich Hill against a team that's not absolutely terrible. But this Rangers team isn't that much better than terrible. And again, doesn't project well against lefties and not throwing one of their better pitchers. Red Sox decide to be on here tonight, in my opinion. Minus 158 is a B-grade play. Model says it should be minus 170. If this number drops to around minus 150, you're talking about A-grade value, especially if it gets into the minus 140s. Uh, but at one, minus 158, around minus 160, low minus 160s, probably up to about 165. I still think the Red Sox are worth the investment. And again, as I mentioned with the Guardians, the type of situation that the trend has been over not an exactly small sample, that this is the type of play that we want to be on the money line rather than the run line, uh, because these types of games have been more one-run contests um, than usual. Although I will say total 9.5 is what the books are hanging, so they're expecting a lot of runs that lends to more likely to be a run line. So if I was going to play this one or the Guardians on the run line, I probably would do this one with the higher total thinking if there's a bunch of runs, if the Red Sox put up some crooked numbers, they're more likely to win something like six to four. Whereas if it's a lower score game, there's just harder to have a combinations that lead to uh, more than one run runs. There's just not as many of them with fewer runs. So if I was going to do a run line between this one or the Guardians, I do it on the Red Sox. But again, this is the type of play that I'm just going to take the money line and be happy there. Again, odds in the minus 160s or better. Solid investment on the Red Sox. Be a great play for me there in Boston. 720 Eastern first pitch. Rockies at the Braves. Uh, Chad Kuhl versus Spencer Strider. Who boy. Uh, what a matchup. Uh, Model says this should be Braves minus 332. Braves are minus 380. It's Rockies or pass. My biggest recommendation on this game, just please don't play the Braves. Don't play the Braves or online. Don't play the Braves. You know, If you're going to play the Braves, maybe look like an alternate run, you know, run line of like minus three and a half is some crazy plus odds and just hope they kick the crap out of them. I don't know that the odds are just not good long-term investments here. Um, I don't think the Rockies win this game, but the number of big plus 200 plus 250 plus 300 dogs that have won, it's not been 50, 50, but it's been way more than the odds 
um, would have indicated. And if you just blind back big dogs this year, you've been massively profitable. That's the way I'm looking here tonight. It's only a C grade play on the Rockies, though. I would love to have a bigger investment on this because I love these big odds. But the issue is I'm only getting 337 and the model says 332. So it's just not really a big enough edge for me because the Braves should be massive favorites in this game. I mean, their offense is light years better than the Rockies. The relievers are light years better than the Rockies. Spencer Strider light years better than Chad Kuehl and they're in Atlanta. I mean, it's just a lot of the same stuff here. This should be all Braves, but this price is just crazy. I just wish I could get a bigger number. And if I could, it'd be a B grade play on the, on the Rockies. But as long as you're in the plus 300s, I think the Rockies are worth a flyer. If you don't want to take them, that's fine. I would just pass on this game with regards to the side. Um, but again, a, a half unit play, a quarter of a unit play, something like that on these big plus dogs just kind of blindly makes sense because they're not going to win a lot, but they win a little bit more than the odds makers are thinking they do, which has made them pretty profitable. Um, so that's the way I'd be looking here. Spencer Strider, again, I love this kid. I talked a lot about him, but his issue is that sometimes his pitch count gets up and he doesn't go deep. That's the recipe for success for the Rockies. It's a recipe for success against anybody facing him. If he doesn't have that problem, he's one of the best in baseball for sure. Um, Chad Cool, 517 ERA. On the one hand, you might say that's a little bit inflated because of course, but on the other hand, the underlying metrics say five is about right. Not a good pitcher, um, but you just never know what's going to happen in baseball. It's a wonky sport. The ball bounces funny sometimes. Plus 337, just too much passive. Only a C-grade play. Not a lot of value. I'd like it more like plus 350. But again, I think the Rockies are worth a look here it, it, just because the price is so high. A total of eight in this one. Again, those reminder totals be coming out later on in the sheet. Wrapping us up here, 940 Eastern first pitch. Brewers at the Diamondbacks. Uh, Diamondbacks still allowing runs here to the Phillies. Um doesn't really matter what time you're watching this. They're probably still allowing runs to the Phillies, 3 a.m., 6 a.m., 8 a.m. They're probably still doing it. Um, Diamondbacks have been playing fantastic. Talked about that on yesterday's show. Then it all kind of came to crashing back down in one game. Uh, they got a shot in this one against the Brewers, though, with Merrill Kelly, a guy who, again, we talked about undervalued at times, pretty solid, respectable pitcher against Brandon Woodruff. Also a good pitcher, but this Brewers offense kind of hit or miss. This Diamondbacks offense kind of hit or miss. Games in Arizona. Kelly's a decent pitcher. I mean, the Diamondbacks got a shot in this one. So the biggest thing here is I just wouldn't lay too big of odds with the Brewers. Model says it should be Brewers minus 111. So depending on what sort of odds we can get on this one, we'll determine what the play is. As of, again, a little after midnight central here now on Thursday when I'm recording this, and I'll get this uploaded shortly. There's just no line out yet. So come morning time, I will... Uh, make a pick on this one again. Model says Brewers minus 111. Here's where my head is on this game. If I can get Brewers minus 10 something, it's probably a B grade play. If I get plus odds, even money or plus odds on the Brewers would be an A grade play. It's kind of my threshold for an A grade is even money. And again, minus 10 something would be a B grade play on the Brewers. Minus 110, minus to probably minus 115 ish is more of a C grade play on the Brewers. Once you get above, that flipping the other direction, if you're plus 115 um, to, a, you know, now that you're looking B grade play on the Diamondbacks, um, plus one, probably 20 to 25. Now you're starting to get into A grade territory. 
Again, with Kelly on the mound, depending on what you're looking at here for the Diamondbacks, maybe better to go run line. I would not go run line with the Brewers. If you like the Brewers, I would probably just take them on the money line. If you like the Diamondbacks, I'd probably take them on the run line. Um, Kelly can keep them in this game. It should be a tight contest. Um, again, the difference in these teams is the relievers for the Diamondbacks aren't good. But otherwise, I see a lot of similarities here. The Diamondbacks offense against the righty, pretty comp competent. Brewers offense against Kelly will also be competent. Brewers get a slight edge, but it's just, it's not a lot. Um, Woodruff a little bit better than Kelly. Not a lot. Um, games in Arizona, all that offsets again, the big edge is the relievers. Uh, so, I mean, the Brewers should be favored, but I just don't think it's by much. Again, I'll make a play once we get numbers on this one, but again, two pitchers I like two pitchers with ERAs around three underlying metrics around three. I mean, two guys that are, are solid pitchers here. So again, we'll make a play on that one later on. That's all of Thursday's games. Again, check the sheet in Twitter for updated picks. Totals right now for your Thursday, only one A-grade play. It's that 6 p.m. Eastern start. Guardians at minus 173 at home against the Orioles. And that's all I've got for you. Just a quick reminder. Again, check out that college football content. you got some time to hit up that before um, some of the games get started here on Thursday, more on Friday than all of them on Saturday. Make sure you catch all of that. Uh, we'll have another couple baseball episodes for you. So a lot of content to check out here. A great month of September with uh, baseball every day. Most of the days have a lot of games and all the college football stuff. So a lot for you here. Got Google sheets out for both baseball and college football with model picks, projections, results, extra goodies in those tabs as well. Those links are always in the show's description. They're always on the website. Some extra goodies on the website, too. Lots of things for you to peruse. Uh, website, again, www.pagewiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel. And it is a lot at this point of the year. We dropped right into your YouTube feed. I will see you again for Friday's MLB Slate. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.